We thank you, Father, for people that are here to seek the Lord. Thank you for giving us clarity of heart and clarity of mind, giving us ears to hear, Father, deposits from the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to uh, yet another degree of glory. In Jesus' name, everybody that can agree with that, say amen. Amen. We live in a generation of seekers. I have not in all my days seen such an amazing development where seeking was concerned. And yet for all the seeking that can happen in our day and age, all the helps that we have, all the networks that we have to seek things, man still cannot find God without God's help. We live in the Google age. Uh, uh, We're giving up telephone books. I remember I was visiting with my father-in-law this this, uh, holiday season. And uh, uh, he was looking for a phone number to uh, the Santa Rosa post office. And uh, so he said, I can't find it anywhere. And he's thumbing through the yellow pages and the white pages. This big, how many of you even remember those three or four inch phone books? I mean, some people don't even remember them. And he's, he's going, and I, and I tried to make a point to him. I says, here, uh, what is it you want? He said, I want the, the phone number and the address of the main post office to see if they're, if they're open. I says, I'll be right back. And I, I ran to the back of the house where I knew his computer was on, and I did a little Google search. And I found the phone number and the addresses of two post offices close to his house, and I ran back to try to make that 30-second connect with him. And there it was on his table. Things have changed. You can find things on the other side of the world. It's just amazing what you can find. And yet, despite the fact that we have some of the most sophisticated search engines of the world, we are starving. The earth and people are starving For the knowledge of God. They are starving for knowing Him. So tonight we're talking about the generation of seekers. I was so moved uh, by Pastor Mark's opening uh, segment of his series on the book of Ruth. uh, How that... um, uh, in the op- if you can uh, you can put up Ruth chapter one if you like there and it talks about how it came to pass that in the days when judges ruled there was a famine in the land and a certain man of the uh, Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn he did such a such a clear job ex- explaining what sojourn means in other words to go and stay someplace for a while with an intention to come back but see he was searching for a better life and who doesn't want a better life but. Uh, clearly, his information was skewed because the plan went seriously wrong when they and their family went down there. And by uh, uh, the next few verses, you find that in, in, in verse, uh, you know, number four and five, the sons took wives and so on. And by the time uh, they were there about t- 10 years, and by the time the 10 years was up, it says in verse 5 that, uh, that these uh, folks, uh, the husband, rather the, the father died, the husband died, the sons died, everybody was dying. And it was a plan that had gone terribly, terribly wrong. Well, I submit to you what he was looking for. He was searching for a better life. And I want to, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. You cannot figure this out unless you're plugged into the Spirit. There's information that's not available on the earth. It's only available in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is transmitting the things that have to do with the better life, the high life that Jesus came to give. Is that right? Can I get a witness tonight? 
Searching for God's will and God's purpose and God's plan is something that must be done uh, on purpose. And I, I so appreciate what uh, the psalmist said in uh, a psalm where he said, This is the generation that shall seek your face. In Psalms 24, verse 6, this, verse 20, 24, verse 6, this is the generation of them that seek him. That seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. And I would like to, to think, and I believe that I'm not erroneous in, in knowing that at Heart of the Bay Christian Center, we have a company of believers that have set themselves to seek God. And so tonight I have uh, come by and dropped by tonight to help you in your seeking of the will of the Lord, seeking uh, of the, particularly in certain little areas uh, where we could seek. Let's first of all start by turning to Isaiah chapter 55. Won't you turn there with me? Isaiah 55 and verse 6. In the uh, King James Version, Isaiah 55, 6. Are you there yet? Thank you so much. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith uh, uh, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And verse 9, for as high as the heaven are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So appreciate the series that is ongoing now about aligning our lives with the thoughts of God. If you were not here last Sunday morning, oh my my, I really encourage you to give that a serious listen. It is one of those must-haves for 2011. Aligning your thoughts, aligning your words with the word and the thoughts of God. But I want to point to verse 6, a couple of key ideas. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That implies that God can be found. There are a lot of people that don't understand that God could be found. Some people live their life surreptitiously through other people. I rejoice in the fact that uh, Pastor Mark prays and he could find God and hear from the will of God. I rejoice in the fact that uh, several key Christians in this congregation can seek the Lord and hear from... I appreciate that my mom can pray and hear from God. But you know, that's not good enough for you. And that's not good enough for me. You must get to the place where you can hear from God for yourself. Where you can become... You are a seeker of God on your own and by yourself in, in a, as a lifestyle, a person that seeks the Lord. There are three E's that we will attempt to cover tonight with a certain dimension of clarity. Three E's where, you're, where it's dealing with seeking God. The first E is uh, in seeking the Lord is you must do it every day. Uh, seeking of the Lord actually continuously is what Psalmist David put. We'll find that later. But it's something that must be done on a regular basis. You don't seek God one time and that's it. It is a lifestyle of seeking Him. Next thing is seek Him early. Somehow, I don't know why it is in human nature we like to try to figure things out on our own. But unless you seek the Lord early, how about this? First, early on in the project. Early on, first, seek him first about something. It said in the book of Psalms, in all your ways do what? Acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct your paths. Seek him early. Book of Psalm, uh, Proverbs says, they that seek me early shall do what? They shall find me. So we know that 
he can be found despite what other people feel like they're, they're, they're saying, well, th- there's no way you can hear from God. That's not true. You can hear from God very precisely about what you need in your life today. And then the last E is to do it earnestly. You know, one scripture that we'll cover tonight, I just want to get these out just in case we kind of lose it a little bit a little later on, is that we must seek Him earnestly, the three E's, early, earnestly, and every day. People that casually seek God will not find Him. Hebrews, what does it say? It says, for those that come to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. There is far much too much casual attitude about seeking God. Understand that seeking God is your life. Unless we connect with Him and hear every step we're about to take, we must connect with God on a regular basis. Somebody said amen. Amen. All right, we got that off. Let's see if we could back it up with some little scriptures going on here. Let's look at this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 29. Lots of scriptures tonight. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. What does that mean, Pastor Tom? That means... The riches in Christ Jesus and the wisdom that you need for your day, it's so deep. No scientist, no database can, can, um, can uh, grab hold of it and bring it to you except the Spirit of God reveal it to you directly. There is no system. The brightest think tanks in the, on planet earth cannot conceive what God has in his heart and what he has prepared for you. So we need to be very careful when we need to consult with... A lot of times we, we move to get advice and consult with people about things. And it's good to consult. The Bible does talk about there is safety in the multitude of counselors. Is that right? But that counsel must be godly counsel. Hallelujah. Is that right? Godly counsel. We'll talk more about that. Back to Isaiah. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. You cannot search the understanding of God with your own enthusiasm (laughs) and with your own ingenuity. Man cannot do it. God gets all the glory for what he does. Is that right? Psalm 24, please. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. For he, uh, uh, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from God his, uh, of his salvation, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Genesis talks about how man traded knowledge for relationship. The, the uh, serpent came to Eve and tempted her with, with so, a certain kind of knowledge, thinking that I can get be a, as a God if I had certain information. But in order for her to do that, she had to acquire the knowledge by severing from God. So she counted information, listen carefully, she counted information more valuable than the relationship. This 
Scripture in Psalm 24 begins to lay out what the psalmist was all about in his, in his walk with God. He got information from God, as we will see tonight, but he never did it aside from his relationship with God. He didn't just seek the quick fix. He sought God. Notice he culminates it in verse 6 that this is the generation that seek him, that seek thy face, O God. And yet earlier on he says, who is the person that's going to be able to seek God and get the information? What is it? The people with pure hearts, the people with clean hands. Is that right? The people that do righteously before the Lord. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? We're in this, in this ministry, we are not about giving you formulas and information. We're here about giving you the relationship and hooking you up with the one that knows. The one in whom is the fountain of wisdom. Everybody understand that? This is not Heart of the Bay Formula Center. This is Heart of the Bay Christian Center, Christian Center. We are followers of... Help me a little bit. We are followers of... All right, just checking. But without Hebrews, let's go for Hebrews eleven six as we lay the groundwork. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, being God. Hebrews eleven six. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who what casually drop by to visit the man upstairs. No, diligently seek Him. Now I can't tell you. What does it look like in your life to diligently seek the Lord? I could paint a picture of what it looked like for Anna, the prophetess in Luke, where she, it says that this woman from her, from her young years uh, became a widow and stayed in the temple and prayed and sought God for the will of God to come to pass in the earth. And her whole life was dedicated seeking the face of God, putting her face in the face of God. I can tell you about Joshua in uh, uh, Exodus 33, where he's the young man that never left... And while other people came and went, he stayed in the tent of meeting, kept his face in the face of God. And there's no wonder, like when you read Joshua 1.8, and he says, These, you know, uh, this word shall not depart from out of your heart, but thou shalt meditate therein. Understand that came from the heart and from, from a life of an individual who had become accustomed to putting his face in God's face, being face to face with the Lord. Are you, are you understanding this? Seeking the Lord. What does seeking the Lord... Well, that's what it meant for him. What does seeking the Lord mean for you? Well, let's look at just a few things. And, you, and the Lord will help you. The Lord will help you to make sure that you are seeking the Lord at, and doing your utmost to put Him first in your life. Uh, look at in Exodus thirty-three eleven. It says, And the Lord spake to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, and he turned, and uh, then he says, and he turned again to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, the young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. So with Moses, what does it look like for him? You know, when he said, "If your presence doesn't go with me," in other words, I'm seeking you so much that I don't want success at the cost. Watch this of losing where you are, because I, you see. Because I understand that life is in you, not in not in winning some battle. Is that important? You better believe it's important. Let me show you the life of an individual. We're going to jump right into this. Uh, let's, let's look at what happened with Saul. Saul, and, and by the way, we do not want to be judgmental of any person that missed it. Is that right? But we could learn from people's mistakes. 
again, seeking the Lord, that gentleman in, in Ruth, he, he thought he was doing the right thing. How many ever thought you were doing the right thing and ended up in a mess? Well, I've, I'll put both hands up. But by the grace of God, I'm going to miss it less and less. How about you? Why? Because I'm going to seek the Lord and He's going to show me. He's going to lead me in God. Is that right? Look at this. I want, to, I want to show a clear distinction between Saul and David in the next few moments. Let's look at that. Can you look at that with me? All right, watch this. Let's see if I, could, if I could find it as I skip down. Okay, let's look it over here in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Let's go there. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 5 through 13. These are three examples... That the Bible call, that the Bible uh, isolates as three events that disqualified Saul from being able to carry on his kingship. Three things that Saul did, and I want to point out to you that two of the three things that he did had to do with uh, with with wanting guidance, not to know what he didn't know what to do. So, since he didn't know what to do, he jumped the gun and tried to fabricate some things. But, I, but, but I'll clearly show you that the reason why he got himself into trouble was not because he didn't know what to do or just because he jumped the gun. It's because he wasn't connected to God. David was connected to God. Saul, there was a point at which he was connected more to other things. He was more connected to the fear of man and other things. But let's look at this. Seeking the Lord in life's battles is my subtitle on this little section. It says here, that, or basically this is the time where Saul had wartime jitters. He's seeking direction, but he's out of order. It says in verse 5, that the Philistines were gathered themselves together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and the people as the sand which is on the seashore and the multitude... And they came up and they pitched in, however you mix, that sounds like mishmash, that sounds good to me, eastward from Beth Haven. And then it says in verse 6, And when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, or how about this, they were in a fix, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets, they were in trouble. Everybody said trouble. And let's go to verse 8. And he tarried there seven days according to the time set that Samuel had appointed. So the prophet had appointed a time. And see, when you're in a difficult situation and, and difficult days will come. I said difficult days will come. Let's just park here for just a little bit. Jesus said the evil day will come. He says in, in Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Is that right? And, 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 and all these things shall be added unto you. It, but he also goes on to say, uh, don't take a thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow will have it, the evils, uh, have it cares of itself. Sufficient for today is the what? Is the evil of itself, right? Well, uh, Pastor Tom, I thought this is the day the Lord has made, Pastor Tom. I mean, I, what are you talking about evil day? Well, what about Ephesians chapter 6? It says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, having a, so that you may be able to withstand in the what day? Say it a little louder. So, so trouble comes. In this life, we shall have tribulation. Is that right? So you're in a battle. I mean, if you've never been in a battle, you're about to have a big one. But I, I, I don't know. Has anybody ever fought a battle before? This seems like a knock. 
There are battles like like welcome to life. That's that's what comes your way. Things things come to you. Things come in. They they test you. They 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 they. But but see, you're made of the right stuff, and God has can be trusted that He'll not allow you to be tested above that you're able. But He will every temptation. He's not the tempter, by the way. But with every temptation, He'll make sure that you have a way of escape. Praise God and end up on top. Hallelujah. That's our Father. Praise the Lord. But on the other time, so, so don't stand too aloof from this little, uh, this little dissertation about the Israelites and Saul having uh, wartime jitters, because you have wartime jitters too. Health jitters, financial jitters, teenager jitters, bill jitters, come on, job jitters, that's a good job jitters, hello, they, they come to us all, is that right? So notice what he did. The prophet hadn't come. Or, uh, the prophet represents the presence of God coming into the situation, showing you what to do. So he jumped the gun, he being Saul, and he made a sacrifice. Notice what he, what he did in what? Verse, verse, uh, verse 8. Let's look at that. And he tarried seven days according to the set time Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So he's getting nervous because he's being moved by what he sees. Is that right? He's seeing people are getting scattered. We have this tremendous army. The prophet's not here. Where's God? What, have you ever felt like that? Like, where's, where's God? And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering unto me and peace offerings. And he offered burnt offerings. That was not his place. We're talking the Old Testament here, but that was not his place to do that. Notice, and it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering and burned the offering, behold, Samuel showed up. And Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what is it that you have done? And Saul went on to say, because I saw the people were scattered from me. See, he saw people were scattering. I feel like I have to do something. Friends, it's better to do nothing but wait on God than to do something stupid in the flesh. Come on, help me somebody. Don't, if you're in a fix somewhere. And it's really, the stakes are high, or the stakes are medium, or the stakes are low. And you got the jitters. You must become a seeker of God. And don't do anything until He has spoken into your heart and said, do this. How many mistakes can we make? Lots of them if we just jump out and get out ahead of God. Would you say He got out ahead? He did. So this is incident number one. And, he, and then notice what Samuel said. It came to pass that as soon as he made it, uh, uh, Samuel shows up and he says, verse 11, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves together and so forth that the mishmash joined. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down upon me and I will. So he's already prophesying gloom and doom. Is that right? Is he hooked up with God? Does he sound like David talking? See, the, the, we, we have to watch from whence this demise came. And it says, I have not made supplication to the Lord, so I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. <laughs> and come on, nobody forces you. Come on, people. You do, we do stupid things because we want to do stupid things. Because we get the jitters. Hello. But you know, thus saith the Holy Ghost, don't get nervous. Wait on the Lord. Seek the Lord. Let Get His plan on it. Praise God. Don't let things pressure you. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly, verse 13, and hast not kept the commandment of the Lord, which God commanded you. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. 
So that was the first, that was the first of three that disqualified him. The second one is kind of easy and I'm going to gloss over it. That was in 1 Samuel 15, uh, 13 through 15, not too far away from where we are, but basically that's when the, he was commissioned to go take the Amalekites out, slaughter everything, kill everything, don't take anything. But Saul, you know, he brought the best of things. And he says, well, the people, I thought I might help them out a little bit and get the best. I thought, hey, and we could sacrifice to you. Obedience, say it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When you are connected to the Lord, it's better for you to do what he tells you to do than what you think you, that would work to try to gain points with the Lord. Friends, we're not gaining points with the Lord. We've got to obey is it important? Is it a matter of life and death? You better believe it. So that's the second one. That one was a matter of disobedience. The third one was 1 Samuel 28, moving right along, where once again he was seeking direction in Samuel chapter 28. But in verse 3, you find that Samuel had died. Saul was living, uh, as they say, surreptitiously through Samuel. He was, he was, he was going, writing on Samuel's prayers, Samuel's connection to God. And when Samuel died, he didn't know what he was going to do. I got to hear from God. I believe that there are many Christians to say, today that have that same position. I have got to hear from God right now. How many you know people like that? We've got to, we all have to hear from God, but they really have to hear from God right now. But what he began to do is he started to flop around in the flesh and really made a mess of things. He went, and we don't want to glorify this, but he went looking for a, 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 the witch of Endor. He went to someone with a familiar spirit. Oh boy, now you're going to look at palm readers in that, in the name of the Lord. <laughs> and so he goes down there, to, not to belabor the story, but, um, but look, I want you to see verse 7. 1 Samuel 28 and verse 7. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. Friends, we've got to be really careful who you're seeking advice from. There's a lot of people that'll talk. But remember, you are a holy priest of God. I'd rather... After some experience, I'd rather wait on God and hear from God directly than try to take a short... There are no shortcuts. You must hear His voice. And that's not a big problem because He said, My sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not follow. Is that right? So He's talking all the time. The Holy Spirit is transmitting and talking to us all the time. And we could tell you stories of wonderful things that the Holy Spirit has said and how it has really helped us. The Lord is broadcasting all the time. But the thing is, are people seeking? That's the trick. So he sought this woman with a familiar spirit. Of course, how many know that's a no-no? And then that, that got him in trouble. So what, what is he seeking for? He's seeking for direction. What am I going to do? Friends, it's just a, I get tempted just as much as you do. When something happens, I feel the first thing I want to do is call up the, pick up the telephone and call a friend. I'm going to call Roy. Roy, what am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just, we're just as, we're, we're all human. Is that right? But what was the, one of the points about seeking the Lord? One of the E's was seek Him early. First off, pray. We should be praying all the time. Lord, give me wisdom. What should I do? And what does James say about wisdom? If any man lacks wisdom, what? Amen. Let him ask of God who gives to all men He's stingy. No, liberally, and a brave not. He's not going to put you down for it. You know, pride people don't ask. That's 
Don't ask God. They think, I got it. I'm cool. I'm okay. No, you're not. You're not okay. You need the wisdom of God. You need God talking to you. You need to seek the Lord and get the things that God has for you prepared already for you. Amen. So anyway, moving right along. So two of the three events led to Saul's demise. And, and the two of them had to do with seeking direction. You know, we are all making decisions uh, critical decisions. I think decisions are getting more and more critical the closer the coming of the Lord gets. I do. I believe that where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, how you're doing it, how you conduct yourself is more and more important as the day is uh, arriving. Is that right? I want to I just share, just throw this in here in Second Chronicles. I want you to see this to drive the point home before we get on to David. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 12. This is one where we all live too. I will preface this by saying there is absolutely nothing wrong with you seeking help medically. Okay? The, 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 you, you have a responsibility of, to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what I am about to say will in no, does, in, in, in no wise disenfranchise the medical profession. However, I want, I want, the, the, the key that I'm about to share is that this individual did not seek the Lord at all. <laughs> I mean, how about, I'd like to say he didn't seek the Lord first, but he didn't seek the Lord at all. Let's go there and let's look at this. Can you put that up for us? Uh, uh, what was that? Second Chronicles sixteen twelve. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. Are you got it up there in the King James? Let me read. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tag, I'm in. You're in. <laughs> Let me read this for you. He, look at Asa did not seek the Lord in his disease. Watch this in verse 12. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet until his disease became very severe. Watch this. So it was there for a long time. Is that right? It was severe, wasn't it? Yet in his disease, what? He did not seek the Lord. But what did he do? He relied on physicians. Again, there's nothing wrong with going to the medical profession. But, you know, even, even when you're going to seek help, you seek the Lord First, you say, Father, what shall I do with this issue? I know what your word says. Is that right? And then you believe God, Lord, you're leading me. I thank you that the decisions rendered, you're going to help me. And if you're, and if you're ready, some people are scared to go to the doctors and that's just as bad as not going. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's not faith. Fear is never faith. But how about these people that are relying on all their pills? People that are relying on all... And I've heard pastor loud and clear, have you? I mean, it's not all about tonics and vitamins, and although it's good to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? But see, here's the difference. Your confidence is not in those things. I know, of, I know of an individual that did everything perfectly, vegetarian, this and that. And then when, when the spirit of infirmity came to visit them, the vitamins will never cast out spirits of infirmity. You cannot counteract the spirit of infirmity with a tonic. You must counteract it with the force of the Spirit of God, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Himself bore our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Hello. The price was paid and you, I mean, you must take the name of Jesus and apply it to your life. Whatever path you're going to take, you know, preventative or whatever. But we're still seeking the counsels of the Lord. Is that right? Does that help you, friends? 
But I, I, it's hard to believe that a person in authority like, like that king, he never, it never even, I don't know whether it was rebellion or it just never occurred to him. Just like, like he never, and, and don't look at me so sanctimoniously. Like I, I've, I've had a, a little backache for a little while and, and, and I kind of, you know, tweak my back or whatever it is. And, and then I, the thought comes in, well, why don't you go to the chiropractor? And, and days will go by and I say, I didn't even seek the Lord about it. I didn't even pray over it. Hello? Just how many people, how many of us are popping aspirins? I got a headache. Oh, let me get an aspirin bottle quickly. And you know, this is where we live. We must consult the Lord. In how many ways acknowledge Him? All our ways. Okay, let's go and let's look at the life of David because I want to get happy. How many of you want to get happy tonight? The first thing that I'm going to say about, about uh, before we get into David is that please do not limit, don't limit your approach to your life to only your past experience. You know, there's a saying uh, in investing that says, past performance is no guarantee of future results. Have you ever heard that before? Right about you're about to, you know, invest in this mutual fund or whatever this thing is. And then, and then they the, oh, this is a great thing. Look at, look for 10 years. It's increased so much and so much in this fund and that fund. And then right before you sign on the dotted line and before you put your money on the line, then they'll put that little disclaimer. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. They try, you know, it's like, <laughs> try to sneak it in there real fast so you won't see that, you know. I want you to know something. There's something about that statement that, that, that got going in my spirit. And that is, uh, in Joshua 3, when... Uh, when Pastor Brendan ministered so wonderfully about this in New Year's, he says, Yet there shall be, Joshua 3, verse 4 it says, Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure, come not near to it, the ark, that you may know by which way, by which way you must go, for you have not passed this way here to four. And here, here's a thought there are things coming for our lives that God has prepared. We have never experienced these things before. You, we haven't been here before. It's so exciting. Like things like, you know, the plowman overtaking the reaper. You mean things like, like, like the, the unnatural or how about this, supernatural things. You know, uh, so you barely put the seed in the ground. Woo, you're there to harvest it. It's just things are accelerated. So the natural course of what you have experienced, God wants to accelerate things. Is that right? That's what he said in his word. But if we limit the Lord by past experience... Now, I hope this one hits home really good. If we limit the Lord by our past experience, well, the Lord did it this way and this way and this way, how in the world are we going to be able to step into the acceleration when we are limiting the Holy One of Israel? This is how it'll be. How am I, how am I going to accumulate... You know, a retirement, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is how, is it really? You know, it could all be gone in an instant. And for many of us, it already has. But you know what? I realize that's paper. My inheritance is still in God. Amen. Aren't you nervous, Pastor? No, my inheritance is in Him. I'm not like Saul. I'm not seeking an inheritance. I'm seeking Him. You should be seeking Him. But let's move on to David. How many of you excited and ready to hear about David? This is David's posture. I want to... Boy, I'm excited to look at David. Where's, where's David? Give me David. I want to see David. Okay. So there was a situation. 1 Samuel chapter 23 in verse 2. 
if you'd put that up. I'm going to read you something else while this, this came from the heart of David while you're going to that first Samuel chapter 23. Acts 13, 22 says, and he that removed him, he raised up, raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said that I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man that is a, a, a man after mine own, what? That he shall fulfill my will. He'll fulfill my will because he's after me. He's not after what I can do for him. Psalms 34 was, was penned inspiration by David. He says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Pastor Tom, I'm having financial... Seek the Lord! Um, I'm having... Uh, th- this doesn't... This situation... Seek the Lord! They that seek the Lord shall not want any what? Good thing. Amen. These are these, the, David walked in these things. Uh, look at Psalm 34, verse 3 to 5. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him, and were enlightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This is David speaking. Is that right? Alright, so let's talk about a little bit. First Samuel 23, 2. You can put it up. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite the Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines, and save Kaila. So you see how he got an answer from the Lord? It was just that simple. Look at, look at 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 4. David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered, this is probably in the same day. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go to Kaleah, I will deliver the Philistines in your hands. First Samuel 30 and verse 8, look at that. And David inquired of the Lord. Can you see a pattern here, friends? I, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and thou wilt without fail recover all. I like that. But what we're focusing on tonight is the fact that what did he do? He was seeking and inquiring of who? Of the Lord, he was getting direction, making sure, checking in, checking in with God. And uh, notice in, in 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, put that up there. And it came to pass after this, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of these cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So can you see the dialogue between a man that seeks God? He's He's... Can, can you really talk to God like this? Can He really tell you? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. We just so appreciate the example that we see here. Look at Second Samuel chapter number 25 and verse 23. 2 Samuel 5, 23. Now this is very interesting because it has a little twist, but he was listening to God. Everybody there yet? Let's go. And when David inquired of the Lord, notice it says when, he's inquiring of the Lord all the time. Shouldn't we live that way? Shouldn't we be inquiring of the Lord? And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, thou shalt not go up. God said, oh, don't go up. Thou shalt not go up. But fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry tree. So a specific strategy. This was not on automatic. You only get... Privy information when you're connected to Him. Isn't that interesting? And a lot of times, that's what's wrong with Gallup polls. 
And with historians, they say, well, 99% of the time we went up. Therefore, if you weren't writing the statistic, this is the way man thinks. Therefore, let's go up at once because, let's see, uh, let's see, we went up nine times and every time we went up, every nine times, we won. So let's go on up right now. The ninth, this will be the tenth time. It'll be just like last time. Wrong. Even if it looks routine. Even, friends, even if it looks routine, we are responsible to keep seeking the Lord. And He will direct us in all our ways. There is nothing routine about the supernatural life. So on this particular occasion, no matter how many times the Lord would say, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This time He said, No, don't. He says, instead, I want you to try, I want you to do something else. I want you to go around behind and hide out in the mulberry trees and then, and, 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 and where shall I do? Where? Where shall, where shall I be? Is being at the right place at the right time important? Yes. How important is it? I want you to go to Hebron. He says, yes, sir, we'll do that. We'll go to Hebron. And you know what? I, I like living life when the Lord leads us that way. I mean, it's, it's so predictably wonderful. He shall lead us. Can you really live a life that way, Pastor Tom? Absolutely. That's God's best. Have you lived it 100% yourself, Pastor Tom? No, I, I, I haven't, but I'm getting better. <laughs> I've got more victories, praise the Lord. And we're listening more and more, praise the Lord. And he is, He's leading us into triumph. I just want to remind you of that one scripture that says, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I want to point out to you once again, lest you forget, that it's not just that God causes you to triumph. If you look up that word, leadeth us into triumph, I mean, causes us to triumph, it actually leads us into triumph. Don't seek victory. Seek the Lord and He'll give you instruction. Saul was looking for, what shall I do? They're coming to kill us. I've got to do something. Let me fabricate something. Let me stand on my head and do something totally illegal to seek the, to, to get in. All I want, just give me the information. Just, oh, I wouldn't do that, King Saul. You know what the Bible says? The Lord hath spoken about, which is that? I don't care. Just give it to me. Well, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't care. Give it to me anyway. He's going to pay the price. We all pay the price when we do foolish things like that. Is that right? But David, I just want to point that out, that in 2 Samuel 5.23, it was not, he was not living a formula, it was not automatic. He was seeking God every step. And therefore, he won. So we are not limiting, limiting God to past performances, is that right? We're not keeping track and saying, God did it this way, did it this way, this way. I know, let's do that again. No, seek the Lord on a regular basis, is that right? Yes. Hallelujah. So anyway, praise the Lord. Would you put up there, let's see. I'm going to just read a few, a few things. We're, we're narrowing down here, praise the Lord, to the end. Won't you praise Him with me just a little bit? Hallelujah. You know, the Word is so good, I just would like to read just a few things to encourage your heart. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let's go through, let's read some scriptures together and, we're, and we'll be done. Psalms 107, wonderful scripture, Psalms 107. I have a couple of scriptures that I'd like to, Psalm 107 and Psalm 27. We're in the King James, that's fine. Let the word speak to your heart. How many you know that the word is alive, powerful, brings life? There's no other book like it anywhere on the face of the planet. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, 
whom the Lord hath redeemed from the hand of his enemy. Read it with me. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north. Let me hear you. And from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. How? Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. But what happened? Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And what did he do? Delivered them out of their distresses. And let's, I want to just drop down to verse 13. They, there were other situations that happened. Do you have that up there, what the next verse is? Let's put up verse 8. And they cried unto the Lord and delivered. Put the next one. Oh, you went to 13. <laughs> How about 9? Oh, that man. Oh, that man. Oh, that man. Verse 8. Go back to 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Next verse. Verse 9. For He satisfieth the longing soul. Put yourself in that. And filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Next verse. Verse number 10. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. What does the Lord do? Go to verse 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned to the counsel of the Most High. Verse 12, please. Therefore, He brought down their heart with labor and they fell down and there was none to help. But, let's keep going. Then... They cried to the Lord. You might say they sought the Lord and in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Let's just stop right there. A good time to seek the Lord is all the time, but especially when you're in trouble. I said, especially when the heat is on. That's, some of us may feel too ashamed. I'm so ashamed, Pastor Tom. I can't believe I made this mistake. I just, I, I don't know that God wants, you know, especially when we're in trouble. The merciful, the mercy of God is so great. He wants to help you, but you've got, you've got to seek Him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so He brings them out of, and I could read you verse 13, He brings them out of their, saves them out of their distresses. Verse 19, He saves them out of their distresses. Verse 28, He brings them out of their distresses. How many know that it's God's will for you to be out of distress? How about just being out of stress? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And of course, we have Psalm 27. The Lord is my light. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Let me read this to you. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and did what? They fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. Far-fetched from Saul, you know. One thing have I desired. Notice, notice, war rose up. And what he is desiring is not a council. So I just want to win this battle. This is one thing he desires. Here's a man in the heat of the battle, surrounded by enemies on every side. Can't find a friend. Verse 4. One thing have I desired, read it with me, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to do what? Inquire at His temple. One of the best things we could do when you're having a financial crisis, when you're having a personal crisis, it's not always uh, seeking out the experts and f- calling up the, the broker and, and calling up the realtor and, and calling, you know, calling up the, 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 the doctors. One of the first things and the best things you could do is, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, and that I may inquire... 
inquire, inquire of the Lord. And what's going to happen? He's there to help. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? David lived in this. Isn't that funny? It, like his, his heart was not always just to get a quick fix and neither should ours. Our heart should be to be the generation of people that seek your face. Moses talked to God as a man speaks to his friend. Moses spoke to God face to face. He knew the ways of God. Israel knew the acts of God. They lived surreptitiously through Moses. Moses, you go talk to God. Friends, we're in the New Testament. You don't need Pastor Tom or Pastor Mark or Pastor Nancy or Brenner, Pastor Brian. You don't need these folks to take you in to talk to God for you. You, God wants to talk to you. The counsels, the secret things that he has laid stored with they are to be revealed to you and to your heart. Hallelujah. (laughs) And thanks be to God, we're going to catch it. How many are going to catch what God has for you? Hebrews chapter 4. No matter what you're going through in the Amplified Version, Hebrews 4, verse 15 through 16. We're just about to close. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sin. So therefore, heart of the bay, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Let's seek Him, friends. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, praise the Lord, that we may receive mercy for our failures, find grace to help in a time, a good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Heart of the bay, seek Him early. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Seek him earnestly. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then seek him often. First Chronicles sixteen eleven. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have instructed us to be vitally united to the vine. And if there are friends tonight, Father God, that have not entered into that place, or that place has been...